Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. I really believe God gave me a, gave me a word for us as a church for this new year, for 2024. And, um, and it's going to be amazing. Now, how many of you have heard this phrase in the last few weeks? Happy New Year. How many of you have said that? I mean, even this morning, Happy New Year. Come on, we all say that and we all, I mean, it's just a normal phrase. We say it without thinking. Happy New Year. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Some people say, hey, blessed New Year. But it's still happy and blessed. Now, it's normal and reasonable to have hope for the New Year. Come on. It's normal and reasonable to have hope for 2024. If you don't have hope, then I'm worried. We need to have hope. It's normal. It's human to have hope for the new year. Now my question is, where's our focus while we're having hope? Where's our focus while saying that? Do we just hope everything will be happy and blessed? Or is there more to our hope? Now, the prophet Isaiah prophesied about Jesus and Jesus' kingdom early in Isaiah, in the scripture Isaiah. And he says the following, Isaiah 9 verse 7. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. For to us a child is born, to us a son has been given, and a government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then I love this part. There shall be no end to the increase of his government and of peace. Very important part. There, will, there shall be no end to the increase of his government. You see, so many people nowadays get stuck at a, oh, just happy and blessed, please. Just happy and blessed, please. If this year can just be happy, then I'll be happy. And we get stuck in that. And we miss the increase that God has for us every year. So we should say this year, actually, we should say, Happy New Year because God is about to increase you. That's a good word, isn't it? That's a different Happy New Year. We can say, Happy New Year, Bless New Year. But see, I want to say, Happy New Year, God is about to increase me. God is about to increase you. God is about to increase your business, your family. God is about to increase you. So now, Every year people usually ask, Henny, do you have a word? Do you have a, something prophetic for 2024? Do you have a word for the church, for me? For Come on, I've, I, I'm always, I'm, I'm there. I love it. I go through every prophetic social media page and sermons and people that I love to follow and I listen to. What is God saying to them? What is God saying to us? And, and I, I just love that. I love the prophetic as a ministry. But if you look at the prophetic Meaning for 24. Ever looked at it? I love Bible numerics, and some people think, oh, it's not from the devil. But if you look at the Bible, the Bible is full of numbers. And every number has got an intentional prophetic meaning to it. Every number. Like, we don't have to go into that. But the number 24, and the Bible meaning for the number 24 is priesthood. Priesthood. And I thought, and I read that this, 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 well, two weeks ago as we went to New Year, and I thought, well, that's 
interesting. <laughs> Priesthood, what does that mean? Does it mean the pastors now have to stand up and all the, the I mean, is, is it that? And I thought, if you're like me, maybe you ask, well, how did they get to that? But let me give you a quick rundown of where does this prophetic meaning come from. Now, 24 is a very profound number in the Bible. Very profound. If you go through the Scriptures, and if you go to the book of Revelations, there's about seven or eight times it references the 24 elders around the throne of God. Shout, holy, holy are the Lord God Almighty. Remember that Scriptures? It's amazing. The number 24 is also connected to worship and serving in the temple in biblical times. When King David set up the first temple before his son, King Solomon, built the proper temple, when he set up a, they set up a mobile temple and a, a place of worship, David had 24 Levites that worked in a shift on a daily basis. 24 Levites, that was, that was, um, they, were, they had to do the worship and they had to do all the service and service ministries in the temple every day. And they worked in shifts, and then it's the next 24 tomorrow, and then 24 again. But there was a specific number of 24 that ushered people into a place of worship and service. And that's where the, the, the definition and the, the, the numeric comes from, 24 equals priesthood, because it was connected to the priesthood of God. But if you look at the definition of priesthood from biblical times, it's quite interesting. Let me share it with you quickly. In biblical time, a priest was defined as a man that was the religious and ritual expert among the Jews. That was the priest. They were experts in worship, experts in a lot of stuff. The priests were the, one, the, priests were the ones with sacred knowledge of worship, of prayer, of sacrificial acts. That was what the priest did. And people looked up to them. And unfortunately, that power got hold of them and it became a religious thing and I'm so high and mighty. And because I'm a priest, you need to bow before me. And that's where things got weird. But where it really in this definition got my attention was this. The priest was believed to bridge the gap or the separation between the divine and the worldly, between the godly and the ungodly. That's how people saw the priests. The priests bridged that gap, that separation that people had between the world and God. And if you can just come and be the mediator, if you can just come and be the, the middle man between me and God, then I need you. In those times and even in the dark ages, only the priests could read the Bible. Only the priests could pray for you. Only the priests could give you communion. And that's how far deep and weird and religious those things got until Jesus came. And in a new covenant and Jesus and the cross and the old covenant was obliterated and destroyed and it was a new covenant. And so now maybe you can ask, Hini, but, but what is now the definition of a priest after the new covenant now? After the cross? What now? Who will now bridge the gap between the godly and the ungodly, the world and the divine? Now, maybe the easy, easy answer to that question is that Jesus is that. Because Jesus was the bridge between our sin and God and salvation. He bridged the gap. But Jesus is the right hand of God. He's waiting. The bride is waiting to come and fetch his bridegroom. 
And if, if you ask me and if I look at this question, my answer would probably be that the priesthood is the Holy Spirit at the moment. The Holy Spirit is the mediator between us and God. Holy Spirit is constantly bridging the gap between us and God, being God's presence in us and around us constantly. That doesn't mean that Jesus is not with us. But Holy Spirit has been given to us to be constantly in that. And, and that makes me excited if I think about 2024 being the priesthood, that I see it as this, that God's presence is more among us than ever before. His Holy Spirit will be more among you than ever before. His power and His divine presence will be more. Now I sense that in 2024 there, will be, there is about to be an increase of God's presence. Not just in your life, but in the church and for those who really desire it. Because sometimes prophetically we can say, oh, this is going to happen. But if you don't have a desire for it, everything is just going to go on as normal. What is your desire? And when I listen to the prophetic words all over the world, to all the prophetic circles, this is exactly what I hear. This is exactly the word that comes down. There will be a time of more of God, more signs, more wonders, more miracles. More, more, more. Now I know God has given us everything that we need and pertain into life. God has already given us. But sometimes we need to realize that we have more. And when we have more of God, when I have more of His presence, man, God shows me more of the, what, those that, the things that I already have. Now, if you look at the number 24, just an extra nugget. 24 is 12 times 2, 12, 12. And if you look at 12 in the Bible, numeric for 12, and the prophetic meaning for 12, 12 means divine power. Double divine power. And that excites me because I, I mean, I want to see more, I want to see more miracles. I want us to see how we pray for people, people getting out of wheelchairs. Sicknesses being, the diseases being healed. That's how Jesus didn't say pray for the sick. He gave a commandment. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Because you've got an authority. There's something in you that is connected to the divine power and authority that I've given you and that Jesus paid for. Divine power times two. Isn't that amazing? Now, I pray that the church and every believer will change their focus from being, I just want to be more holy and mature. Ever been there? If you listen to the church, and I've been in the church world for 30 years, and, and, and that's the hard cry of so many people. I just want to be holy and more mature, but I, I pray that, that, that people will rather seek the presence and the face of God. I'm not saying to be holy and mature is wrong. That is awesome. The, the word actually compels us to... to to strive to be more holy and to be more mature and to build your character up. But may this year be a year that we see God's presence more than anything else. Because if I sit at your feet, Father, there's nothing greater than that. Now what I'm saying is, may God and the intimacy with the Father be our first priority this year. May it be our first priority Above everything else. 
spend that 10, 15 minutes if you want, if you have to, if that's all you have, just go and sit at his feet. Just go and sit at his feet, so Lord, this year is the year. I want more of you, Father. I want more of you. So if you look at our church, here's what I sense for us as, as a church this year. I sense that as I was praying in, in, in New Year's, old Year's, old Year's Eve and a few days before and New Year's Day, I was praying, God gave me three words. He gave me three words. He said, Henny, this will be the year for growth, increase, and momentum. I know this, that, that's quite a mouthful. And, and that, I mean, you can go into 10 wind directions with those three words. But it was a very specific three words that God has given me that I felt that there's a growing in our relationship and our intimacy with the Father this year. I trust you that, that we see an increase in our understanding of who we are and our identity as sons and daughters of God. Because when there's an increase in that, something changes. If you know who you are called to be and what you are called to do and run with that identity, there is a tremendous increase in your life. And then I really feel that it's a season of building and seeing new momentum. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see that there's, there's going to be more momentum for families, businesses, schools, churches. Things that has been stuck for a while suddenly starts moving. There's momentum. Maybe you've been trusting God for a while for something, for things to get loose, to, to get going, to get moving. I believe that this is the year for momentum, for God to build that momentum. Nothing that usually things start happening and then it stops. And then I pray and I was like, Lord, what's happening? And then it starts happening and then it stops. Ever been there? I believe that God's going to start moving things and that there will be momentum and that there will be an exponential momentum in your business, in your life. May it be first in my relationship with the Father. More, deeper. Lord, I want to get more of you. I want to see more of you. Now today and during the next two Sundays, I want to look at these three words. I'll look at growth. I want to look at increase, and I want to look at momentum. And I'm going to speak about growth today. And now I want to look at increase next week and then the week after it. I want to look at momentum. And it's going to be a prophetic sermon series that we're going to look at what does God want to do prophetically for us. And not only as a church, but for you as an individual in this year to come. Now I want us to look at the what and the how in growth, increase, and momentum. So what do I mean by growth, increase, and momentum? How are we going to do it? So what do I need to grow in? How do I need to go about to step into this new phase of momentum, of growth, of increase? The how and the what. The how and the what. And that's what we're going to look at. So let's speak about growth today. And we'll, we'll continue next week. I'm so excited. I want to go to increase the momentum immediately. Can I do everything at once? But we'll, we'll sit here for a few hours, and I don't want to do that. I want to stretch it out, and I want that word to, to permeate in our hearts, to set the foundation for this year. So how many of you know that growth is just something normal? It's a normal part of being a human. The normal part of a human DNA is to grow. But not just grow physically, grow spiritually. 
It's part of our DNA. Your spirit is created to grow and to mature and to experience like, oh, I didn't know I have all these amazing things that God has given me. Now the problem with us, with us spiritually is that most of the time we don't believe that we can grow. Ever been there? You sit in church and you doubt yourself and you think, oh, all that sin and all that guilt and all those things and maybe if I sort those things out, I'll grow spiritually. <laughs> Ever been there? We never see ourselves more mature or holy enough to grow further in life. Now I want to title this series, and, and I'm going to explain to you why I entitled it this, Raising the Bar. How many of you are ready to raise the bar this year? Because that's what I feel God is saying. You need to, we need to raise the bar. God spoke to me personally. Henny, you need to raise the bar in your life. If you want to go deeper, if you want to see more of me, you need to raise the bar. Now I remember, and this is where it came from, um, when I was still running full-time, um, I had a training partner, we were the big training group, but one, my one partner, my, the guy that we, we do our gym workout together. And, and me and him always, you get to the gym, you get your program, all your weights is, is um, worked out according to your max weight, and uh, I don't want to go into details. And um, we're going into the gym, it's the beginning of the year, and we looked at each other, and we looked at the program, it's like, uh, I said to him, man, how long have we been doing this weight? Like, no, well, the next last six months, and coach, I haven't done one, make, one, max, one rep maxes again. And I said, but well, I'm tired about just keep doing all this, putting all in the hard work, all the sweat and effort, and there is just zero to a little growth. I want more growth. I want something to happen this year. And he looked at me, and there was a twinkle in his eye and said, Yes, let's load up the squat rack and let's do something. <laughs> I remember it till today. I said, let's do it. And we loaded up the squat rack. Now, if you don't know what a squat rack is, it's something you put on the bar on your, on your back and then you squat it. And it's, it was quite a, a, a big exercise because it, 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 you have to use a lot of muscles in your body to do squats. And for running, it's very important. And, and so we were loading this up, and I can't remember the weights. I think we were usually do, doing 170 kilograms, and, and he just started loading it up, and I was like counting. It's like, dude, I mean, we are 230. Are you, are you serious? He said, yeah, yeah, we're loading it up today. I'll stand behind you. You just go. Don't worry. I've got you. And I thought, <laughs> if I break something today, at least I tried. So I got underneath that squat rack, and... One, two, three, I did my squats and I looked at the numbers and I thought 30% more than I've ever squatted in my life. Ever. And I looked at him and he, he was excited. He, he just wanted to put more. I said, no, wait, wait. Just get up. And he did his squats and 30%, I mean, without even breaking a sweat. And we did it. And suddenly after that moment, there was a shift. There was a shift in our, training in our training regime. There was a shift in my mindset. There was a shift in my career, my running career. Shifted in that moment, in that day. Why? Because we raised the bar. We did something we have never done before. We didn't think we could have done it, but we did it. Because we made a decision to raise the bar and said, no more in mediocre growth. I want growth. I want to grow in my 
am I, am I running? Or maybe you're here and you're sitting, it's like, I want to grow in my relationship with God. Then you have to raise the bar. Then you have to, I always say, you have to put on, put on the heavy weights. And I know there's no works in the kingdom of God. All is grace. But sometimes I need to put in the hard work. You need to maybe stand up at 5 a.m. because then I have an hour to read my Bible and pray. Or, or you have to seek for that times to raise the bar in your life to grow spiritually. See, we raised the bar and we made a decision to step up. A decision. I remember so the weeks after that, things just changed. My coach could say, okay, do 10 400s. I said, let's go for it. Can we do an 11th one? Because there was a mind shift. There was a mind change. We stepped up. We raised the bar on everything just because of one moment. You see, we were frustrated that we had to put up with the mediocre effort and training and can't things just, we want to change. See, we wanted to see and experience the more that we knew we had. And I know we're sitting here this morning, and I know, and I want you to know that God has given you so much more than you could ever think or ever realize or ever imagine. We just need to raise the bar. Say, Lord, I want more. I want more of you. What can I do more to get more in your presence? How can I shift and change my program, my schedule? I want more of you. Now, I sense the same for us this year. The same for us as, a, as personally and as a church that, that we can look and listen to all the prophetic words and all the sermons and all the amazing stuff about the good things that's coming this year. But if we do not step up and raise the bar in our spiritual walk, it will still be as always. It will continue as it's always been. And I'm preaching to myself here this morning because God is speaking to me about this. Henny, what are you doing different? What are you doing different so that I can have more time with you? Now, there were a few moments in the gospel where Jesus actually did the same. He raised the bar. If you go through the gospels and you read where Jesus raised the bar of the religious cultures of the Jews. Because those guys were set in their cultures, set in their religious laws. And here comes Jesus. <laughs> Three years of ministry. In the first few couple of months, he did a Mary, it like changed water into wine here, and he said a couple of things until he got to Matthew 5. And in Matthew 5, Jesus preached a powerful sermon the Beatitudes, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus, in that sermon, raised the bar. I think he shocked the religious culture, the Jewish culture, with one sermon. It was a pivotal moment. With that, with that message, Jesus raised the bar on all G Jewish religion, and not just by motivating the people to obey the law. No, no. By changing their perspective of who they were called to be. That's what Jesus did. Go and read the Beatitudes. So Jesus started out the Beatitudes with, blessed are you. And he was talking about all these things that will make you blessed because the Jews love that. What can I do to make me more blessed? Really? Can I just do something? Can I go to the temple twice this week? They've, they had certain prayers and laws that they had. And if they do, they got blessed. And Jesus just blew him out of the water and said, blessed are you. And right after that, 
Jesus started speaking about major issues. Issues about adultery, marriage, murder, making oaths. And he connected all of them, connected them to the heart of every believer. And he said, you can do what, if it's not in your heart, different. Then you're wasting your, wasting your time. You need to raise the bar. I want to read a piece of Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16. Look at this. I love this. Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16. He says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor... Now, I mean, listen. The Jews was like, I'm a Jew. And they thought that by being a Jew qualifies them for everything. They have to do nothing else. They just need to be a Jew. And he said, well, you can be salt, but if you lose your flavor, <laughs> how shall... How shall it be seasoned? It, it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. That's offensive. Look at the next one. You are the light of the world. And the Jews will say, yes, that's us. See, you are the light of the world. A city that is set in a hill cannot be hidden. So you can't hide in the temple and just do all you like. All of us are holy except all of other you. You are not a Jew? Sorry. He said, You are the light of the world. A city that is set in a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it on the basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Then he just raised the bar immediately with this. He says, Let your light so shine before men. Before men. Now, if you go to the translations, I think the men speaks about Gentiles. Speaks about everybody else except not, not just the Jews, but everybody else. Let, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. Bar's just been raised. Jesus said that the only way to make sure that we as believers do not lose our saltiness or dim our lights is by seeking the intimacy with the Father first. Lord, I want you. I want more of you. I want to sit and I need you. I need your intimacy, Father. Not any religious work. You see, to raise the bar in our spiritual walk with God comes down to one thing. I'm not talking about not going to church or listening to more sermons or attending more prayer meetings, although all those things are amazing. But it is just seeking the secret place with the Father. Seeking that secret place, opening the scriptures, diving in, reading, although you maybe not understand, but just dive in and wash yourself with the word until God starts speaking to you. God longs to spend time with us. Man, he can't wait. He's not a mad dad who's sitting there at the top and said, I'm just waiting for you to mess up and then I'm going to come in and whoop you. No, no. He, I mean, he took out all his wrath and his anger on Jesus so that he can sit every morning and wake till you wake up. Oh, he's awake. What is he going to do today? I can't wait to see how creative she's going to be today. How she's going to come and sit at my feet and just pour out her heart and worship me. That's God's heart. See, it's from that place that we will be the salt of the, world, of the world. The church is supposed to be the flavor of the world. To be the light 
on a hilltop in the darkest of places. But nowadays the church is more interested in hearing God's voice than just sitting with the Father where the voice actually comes from. Is it better to sit in the living room shouting, God, I want to hear your voice. He's in the bedroom. Can you just shout so that I can hear your voice? But it's easy. Just go to the bedroom and sit with the Father. Have a moment with Him. Then you will hear His voice. And you have everything that you need. See, it's in that place at His feet that we will receive all we need. Think about what do you need at the moment from God? It's in that moment of His presence. See, 2024 is a year we personally and as a church need to raise the bar. We need to raise the bar. I look at this scripture and I almost want to land with this. John 15, it's one of those incredible scriptures that it's so much in it that when you start speaking about it, you'll probably do a few sermons. But John 15 verse 1 to 2 in the New King James says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me, that's you and me, that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, if you read that, that's quite offensive for me. If you don't bear fruit, I will cut you off, I will burn you. Just make sure you bear fruit. Ever felt like that when you read that? It's like, ooh, it's like, do I bear fruit? I feel so guilty suddenly. But you know there's a translation problem or translation error in verse 2. I found it out with a shock. I read, if you read a lot of commentaries, a lot of commentaries on this verse, we see very clearly that verse 2, that, that it was misinterpreted, misinterpreted. Totally, from the Greek to the King James English. Totally. Now, and you're going you're gonna to love this. See, most of the major English translations got this wrong. And that's quite shocking. Listen to this. Verse 2, it says, He takes away. He takes away. And in the Greek text, it comes from the word error. Error. And error is seven or eight, nine times in the Gospels translated as he lifts up. Only one place it was mistranslated, and it was in John 15 verse 2, where he says, he takes away. And this translation happened in the 14th century, and when the King James and all those writers translated the Bible, they just adopted that translation that was an error. And people are still trying to figure that out because you just don't, don't change translations. If you, look, if you go to the Passion Translation, it's one of the newest translated Bible, Bibles. And, and the Passion Translation was translated from a grace perspective. I like that. I know it's a paraphrased Bible and most people don't like the Passion Translation. I love it. But listen to what the Passion Translation says. He says, I am the true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. Now that sounds different. That sounds like a loving father 
So don't just discard anyone if there's no fruit. There's a loving Father. Now, I might, I might be on thin ice talking about vineyards and vines in Stellenbosch, but we all know vineyards and vines. You just drive through the streets, and especially this year, especially now in the next month, harvest time is coming, and the, the fruits are on the, on the vines, and it's amazing. But sometimes they say, depending on when they wrote this, I don't know if it looked differently, but some branches in the vines point downwards. And it looks like the, the branch of the vine will lie under the vine, the branch. And what the vineyard, the vine dresser will do, it will come through and take the branches that lies, lies, will take them and prop them up. So that where it doesn't get any sunlight and will never bear fruit, suddenly he puts them back into the sun and make it more fruitful. And that's exactly what the scripture says. It will lift you up and prop you up to be fruitful. Isn't that beautiful? You see, lifting and the propping up of the fruitless branches mean that the farmer lifts the branches up and enhances their growth. God wants us to enhance our growth. If there's no fruit in your life, don't discard yourself by guilt. or Just go and sit at his feet and say, Lord, I need to be fruitful in my life. And then he comes and he lifts up your life and he puts you back in the sunlight and he makes you it sits you in a place where you can grow in Him. See, if the branch is hanging under the vine, it gets no sunlight. It stops producing. But if it's lifted up, it grows. Isn't that the character of a loving Father? That's the Father that I want to know. That's the God that I serve. You see, if you, if you read it from a law perspective, it's like, if you don't bear fruit, I'll cut you off and I'll throw you away. That doesn't sound what Jesus paid for. But it's a father who says, I see you struggle. I see you going through a tough time. Let me lift you up. Let me prop you up. Let me tie you to the fruitful branches here up top so that you can have more light coming into your life. I can't wait to see the fruit in your life. That's a loving father. That's the father that we serve. The second part of the scripture says, and you will prune every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. So maybe you're here and maybe you're serving God for a long time and there's been fruit in your life. Sometimes God will prune that fruit, that branch. Why? Ouch. So Lord, why do you prune me in this way? Because I, I want you more fruitful. I want a greater harvest through your life. And that's what I feel our church has gone through in the last six months, six to eight eight months because God has really pruned our church. People didn't leave because they were mad, because they had to relocate. And God is changing and shifting them all over the world. But there was a pruning process. Why? Because there's a great and a fruitful time coming. Now, here's the catch with the second part of verse 2. See, the branch will keep on growing. Did you know that? A branch will keep on growing from the fruit until it is pruned. If the branches of a vine is not pruned, it will keep on growing and growing, get longer and longer. And you know what's the issue with that? The branch later will then put all their energy and all their effort and all their nutrients into growing that branch. And the fruit that's on the branch will go to waste, will wither. And sometimes when we go, go and ask a, 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 
a winemaker. They prune that branches up until where the fruit is. So that when the fruit gets picked, it grows out again. And they prune it again. But if you don't prune it, it will keep on wasting nutrients and effort into growing that branch even longer and longer. He says sometimes we will see how we will see this in the church. People with, with actually with a long who has been walking with God for so long will say, okay, I'm gonna see how long I can grow this branch of mine, how mature I can get, or how this and we will see who can grow the longest branch. And measure our maturity and our character and see who is better than and churches do that. But all God wants for us is to bear much fruit. And therefore, so many times he prunes us way back until where the fruit was, so that the harvest will be greater. I believe this is a year of great harvest. This is a year where God is raising the bar. I pray that this year we will, we will not just spend time and energy on less important things, but we will seek Him. We will seek Him in everything that we have. I've got a personal prayer that I pray so many times when I'm alone or I'm on a car or I'm just praying and meditating. I will pray this. I said, Lord, change my desire from the worldly things to long more for you, to have a longing for you. Change my desire. Because listen, we've got a desire for worldly things. Come on. Chocolate, yeah, and ice cream there. And I want to rather go and run in the mountain than read my Bible. Listen, hey, we all, we all uh, are human. But I usually pray and say, Lord, change my desire so that I will have a bigger and a greater desire to be with you than to do worldly things. Which I know is not wrong. I just have a greater desire. Now the Apostle Peter encourages the church. And I want to end with this this morning. He encourages the church and all the believers facing opposition. Have you ever faced opposition in your life? You're probably going to face opposition this year. We're all going to. When sin abounds, grace abounds. <laughs> ever heard that scripture? When the challenges comes, God's increase comes. So when we speak about growth, increase, momentum, doesn't mean that it's going to be a, yay, it's, it's going to be fun. And this usually, when you're in this sinful world, there's going to be challenges. But we're going to hold on to the word and say, Lord, you have promised increase. Now Peter comes in this time, all believers, facing opposition. And the opposition wasn't anything, it was worldly opposition. And he says, you have to focus on this one thing. Look at this. 2 Peter 3, verse 17 to 18. He says, As for you, divinely loved ones, since you are forewarned of these things, be careful that you are not led astray by the errors and the lawless and lose your firm grip on the truth. But then he says, But continue to grow and increase. I love that. Continue to grow and what? Increase in God's grace and your intimacy with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? So I want to challenge us this year. I want to challenge us to trust to grow deeper into Him this season. And sometimes you need to make that decision, and it's not like a New Year's resolution, I make the resolution, I forget about it tomorrow. 
you make that decision every day. Say, Lord, how am I going to sit with you more today? How am I going to steward my time so that I can give more time with you? How am I going to pray more? If I don't have time, then pray on your way to work in the car. But make time to raise that bar in your life to say, Lord, this is the year. See, when we're sitting at His feet, that's where all our needs are met. That's where we are truly satisfied. Sitting at His feet. You can choose to be Mary, sitting at Jesus' feet, or you can choose to be Martha, running around to grow that branch. Just want to grow this branch. Everybody needs to, we need to make ready. Yes, it's important, those things, but it's more important to sit at His feet. Much more. Let's choose wisely this year. Let's make sure that God is not a God who brings a guilt trip on you. I want to make you feel so guilty until you read your Bible. No, He's going to leave you because He's a graceful God. But He has a longing in His heart to spend more time, to see what you want to do. God just loves us. Amen. Let's stand together. I want to pray. Did I speak to someone here this morning? God has got such an excitement in His heart for this year. Divine power times two. Trust God for divine power in your life. Maybe you're standing for healing, for miracle in your life, for whatever you're standing in front of God this year. This is the year of divine power. If you raise the bar, if you push in, God's going to do something amazing. If you want to grow your business, if you want to plan to begin another business, I mean, God is about to raise the bar. I'm so excited. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your goodness and your mercy in our lives. Lord, I thank you for who you are every day when I wake up and when I go to sleep. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your presence never changes, never shifts. And your longing to be with us is stronger than ever, Father. And Lord, I pray this morning that, that you will birth a desire in our hearts that is longing for more of you, Father. What can I do to, to get more of you, Father? Not from a place of law and works, but from a place of grace. What am I missing, Father, that I don't want to miss? Lord, help me to raise the bar this year. Help me to set a foundation in place that no man can shift. Only you can put in place. Father, I pray that this is the year we will see people coming to Christ, people getting delivered, people running towards the cross. And may we never deem things important, more important than you, Father. Help us, Lord, this year to set our priorities right to raise the bar. I want to challenge you this, this morning as we have your eyes closed to go and sit apart a day a week for the next three weeks, for January, 
If you want to fast that day, then fast. I'm going to take a day a week and fast. And if you can't fast food because you have a busy schedule and if you don't eat, you're literally going to fall over, then fast of media. Shut your phone off, shut the TV off, shut everything off and open your Bible for that day. But let's raise the bar. Let's seek Him with more effort, with more desire this year. Don't just listen to the sermon and go out and it's like, oh, that's amazing. And go on. Go home. Take out your notebook. Take out your diary. And mark a day, a week. Maybe it's a morning here and an afternoon there. But mark out certain times where you said, Lord, I'm going to devote myself to your word. I'm going to devote myself to prayer going to put effort into this to raise the bar Lord I want to grow I don't want to just grow without bearing fruit like a branch growing and growing I want to be fruitful and know you so Lord I bless everyone here this morning I thank you for your goodness over them thank you for good things to come this year Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstalenbosch.co.za.